Hi, I'm Mark Chavez. I'm one of the hosts of Let's Make a, a comedy docuseries podcast about the creative process. Each season, my co-hosts, Ryan Beal, Maddie Kelly, and I, take on an artistic challenge and you follow our journey. In Let's Make a Sci-Fi, we wrote a science fiction TV pilot. In Let's Make a Rom-Com, we wrote a romantic comedy film. And on our latest season, Let's Make a Horror, we produced a horror short film. And when we run into trouble, we interview Hollywood experts. People who have worked on big things like The Blair Witch Project, The Office, Star Wars, Mamma Mia, and more. All three seasons of Let's Make a are available now, wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Canada's economy hasn't grown for at least two quarters in a row. New kids on the block are hitting the road next summer, going back on tour. This is a very, very serious matter. We're not serious. Let's be serious. I did everything right and they indicted me. Because news. With Gavin Crawford. Oh, what a surprise. Hello, everybody. I am Gavin Crawford. Welcome to Because News, Canada's funniest news quiz. This week, Robert De Niro took the stand over a number of days to testify in a discrimination trial. It took a few days because the person swearing him in had to keep confirming that, yes, he was talking to him. (laughs) Over the next 30 minutes, we'll be making games out of the news. Let's welcome this week's panel. We may not be in Graffiti Alley, but if you want, you can still tilt your radio 45 degrees. Rant and rave for Rick Mercer. Hello, everyone. So great to be here. Thank you. In the middle chair, they are excited to enter into the four months of the year where the clock on their oven is wrong. Please welcome back and Jonas Charlie. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And finally, she is eager to do this and then get home because there are 44 new Hallmark movies coming out and they are not going to cry at themselves. The always festive Emma Hunter. Very happy to be here. All right, panel, are you seated uncomfortably? Mildly. I'm good to go. Then let's begin. Woohoo! Here we go! Panel, it is time for Because News Fake Ad. This ad is sponsored by a new pharmaceutical that hit the market this week. Have a listen and be ready for questions. My voice was almost completely gone. I was angry and frustrated. I didn't see a future. And then my son, who's studying medicine out east, told me about electoliberal. Honestly, it's not something I'd ever considered, but when he told me about electoliberal's benefits... I thought, why not? Electoliberal brought my voice back almost immediately, and my energy issues have improved dramatically. And the best part is, I only have to close my eyes and choke it down once every four years. (laughs) Electoliberal may not be right for everyone. Side effects may include vaccination and broken promises. Electoliberal may cause woke mind virus in some individuals. (laughs) Ask your doctor if Electoliberal is right for you. All right, panel, there's your fake ad. According to this week's headlines, what is the phony drug electoliberal meant to cure? Incontinence. Sorry, incompetence. (laughs) Why not both? (laughs) Ajanis, any ideas? I actually have a prescription, and it really helps you along with COVID, but then randomly invites a Nazi into your house. (laughs) 
one of those. It's one of those. I see what you're so doing. Good. Weirdly, that did happen. Rick. I think it might suggest that if you take it, then you might get a break on your the carbon tax on your home heating oil. Yes, you are correct for the yes. point. Select liberal, the cure for Western alienation. <laughs> this week, liberal cabinet minister Goody Hutchings told CTV News that if the West wants a bigger voice in Ottawa, she has a unique solution. Here she is. I can tell you Atlantic Caucus was vocal with what they've heard from their constituents, and perhaps they need to elect more liberals on the prairies so that we can have that conversation as well. Mm. Whoopsie. <laughs> That's a politician. Yeah. One that's been around for a while. Yeah. Not mm. brand new. Yeah. Not you, first time at the rodeo. Alexa Liberal. Also make us foot in mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Why are the Liberals being accused of favoring Atlantic Canada this week? The Liberals announced that there would not be the carbon tax on home heating oil for three years, with the emphasis being on home heating oil, not home heating, but on the oil. The Globe and Mail headline reads, Ottawa's exemption of heating oil from carbon tax is surprising and shameless. It does actually apply to anyone who heats their home with oil anywhere in the country, but most of the home heating oil in the country is in Atlantic Canada. Oh, absolutely. When I grew up in St. John's, especially in downtown St. John's, everyone has tanks in the side of their house and the trucks come around. And when I was young, you'd, you'd run out of oil and you'd call them up and you'd say, can you give me... Well, how much do we got? $42 worth of oil? And they'd come and give you $42 and then you wouldn't freeze. Yeah. Wow. Why do you think the Globe Mail is calling this surprising and shameless? Because of the potentially destructive trickle-down effects on exemptions for other oils. Tanning oil. (laughs) Olive oil. (laughs) KY. <laughs> but I would love a rebate on gun oil. That'd be great. That'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> they say it's a bit shameless because Trudeau currently holds 75% of the seats in the Maritimes. And according to the National Post, recent polls show him losing his hold over the region. Yeah, I think the headline that it's shameless. They went with that word because it's kind of shameless. It's kind of hitting the nail on the head. Anytime a government brings in something that pits one part of the country against the other or or makes one part of the country think someone else is getting something that they're not getting, it's just bad politics. And anytime you have something like a policy, like a carbon tax, whatever you think of it, uh, the minute you start making exceptions for people, well, then you just start chipping away at the ice block and and everyone's going to want their peace and then there's going to be nothing left. It's just bad politics. As the Calgary Herald put it, for one shining moment, a liberal minister named Goody Hutchings was Canada's most honest politician. Yeah. Do you feel that was true? Yes. And she also didn't seem to appreciate that there are two liberal MPs in Alberta, right? Like she, either she's real spicy and is just like feeling herself or she's, I don't know, the light's off a little bit. I want to be rude to old Goody, but uh, like, does she know that? Am I alone in this, Jonas? I think you're right, though I will say I don't think she's an honest politician because I think that's kind of an oxymoron to begin with, like ethical CEO or happy Tim Hortons worker. Like, it's just the words. The premiers of Alberta, Manitoba, Ontario and Saskatchewan all cried foul over the policy. Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe threatened to take strong action if his province doesn't get a carbon tax exemption for natural gas. What was his threat? He'll stop celebrating Movember. I know, I, 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 you, to, you know, to break the tension, to break the tension, you got to do that kind of thing. Uh, uh, good guess, no, Emma, what, was, what did he threaten to do? He's just going to leave his car on. 
I'm not going to turn it off. I'm going to pollute more. Screw you guys. The actual answer is that he threatened to stop collecting the carbon tax altogether. Yeah. The tax exemptions are not extended to other types of fuel. Yeah, I don't think you can do that. I, it was a weird thing because I think it's not really a legal thing that you can do. I don't think so. I don't think you can do that. But, you know, the things people say these days, I thought he was going to just start Saskatchewan separation, uh, which would be known as sexit. <laughs> That's pretty fun. Frankly, I could get behind. Yeah, I could get behind that, too. Um, I mean, the cost of heating oil is significantly more expensive than the cost of natural gas. I think the question is whether it was wise to put a tax on heating your home. And even if you're heating your home with natural gas, which is cleaner... If you can't afford to pay your bills, you're not going to go, well, I can't afford to pay my bills. But thank God those people with the oil are getting a break and I'm not getting a break because my heat is allegedly a bit cleaner. Yeah, that problem is taxing Canadians in the winter on heating their homes. That's the problem. Dumb idea. I Actually, yeah. Uh, Some are upset that the government is gutting its signature climate change policy. So Trudeau announced another initiative. Have a listen to this redacted clip. We've got an enhanced program that will deliver up front to be paid off with the savings you'll be getting over the coming years. For the point, what will Trudeau be delivering up front? I know, a live lobster. Because he's all, you know, if he's favoring Atlantic Canada, drop off a live lobster. You could eat it or you could name it, whatever. It is not live lobster. Uh, Rick, do you know what he's uh, promising to provide up front? I don't know. When I hear his voice, it just goes. <laughs> I don't know. Here's what the prime minister said. We are switching to heat pumps off home heating oil. Are you excited about the heat pump? Yeah. You know, I love all pumps. I love sassy heels. I love old fashioned water. Yeah. I love to pump it up. I love to pump the brakes. So I'm jacked. Rick. I could talk about heat pumps forever. And I actually think this is a good idea because, you know, the idea of the carbon tax on heating was to change people's behavior. But you can't tell people, you shouldn't heat your house. We have to heat our houses. But heat pumps, I have a heat pump in my house in Newfoundland. And full disclosure, I don't have shares in a heat pump company. I put it in and it cut my heating costs by Easily a third gusting to a half. And also, it provides cooling in the summer. And uh, in Newfoundland now, we're having heat waves. And my parents didn't have one this year. And I was very worried for them. And they absolutely will have one before the next summer because I'm worried about them not having one. And if, if the government gave us one up front, they could pay it off later. That would be great, especially seeing his dad's 91. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now this is a good scan. Yeah. Take like an anti-pump stand just to spice it up. Yeah, um, no. screw the pumps. A, a pump killed my dad. Yeah. <laughs> the downside of people switching to heat pumps is that, according to CBC News, the cost can be well over $10,000 to transition your house to heat pumps. Mine um, wasn't that. No, mine was like five or six, I think. Going back to the carve-out in the carbon tax for a moment, a headline from the Globe and Mail reads, the Liberals' credibility on the carbon tax has gone up in smoke. Do you agree that once they start giving some carve-outs, it's kind of game over? Well, I don't think that that eliminates the need for urgent, immediate climate action. And to me, anything is better than nothing. (laughs) Yeah, but you're young. You have to live through climate change. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I hear you, but some of us will be gone. Oh, wow. 
I want to do my 40s. I want to know what my hair is going to look wanna like. I want to do my 40s. <laughs> this I generation. I want to grow old. They ask so much. <laughs> because News. With Gavin Crawford. This is Because News. Here we're fiddling while Rome burns with panelists Rick Mercer, Jonas Charlie, and Emma Hunter. Yeah. Panel, Halloween has come and gone, and that means a whole new season is upon us. That's right. It's celebrity memoir season. (laughs) A number of celebrity memoirs have been released over the last few weeks by Jada Pinkett Smith, John Stamos, even our very own panelist Rick Mercer. According to the CBC, why are there so many memoirs hitting the market right now? Is it because they want to get all their memories down before COVID brain fog wipes it all out? That is an entirely plausible guess. Is it because all the best fiction has already been written? A Fine Balance, The Handmaid's Tale, Eat, Pray, Thing. You know? That could be. Rick, any idea why? I think the answer is Serb. Everybody had a little money and a lot of time. They had a lot of time. They were at home. What else are you going to do? You just can't write fiction. That's hard. Just write about stuff you've done. Uh, according to the CBC, as of 2022, biography and memoir is the best-selling category of nonfiction. So it makes a lot of money. Also, please God. <laughs> Tis about to be the holiday season, and memoirs apparently make great gifts. I agree 100%. So, let's take a closer look at some of the celebrities vying to become Heather's Picks this month. Oh, that would be good. I'd love to be a Heather's Pick. (laughs) Sir Patrick Stewart, a.k.a. Star Trek's Captain Jean-Luc Picard, just put out a memoir. Can you guess what it is called? Engage. (laughs) Would that it were. I would have to imagine it's like Jean-Luc Picard... Con with the wind. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Is that logic? Con is a Star Trek thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. Okay, okay, okay. You're in the ballpark. Uh, Rick? Shatner, I will outlive you. (laughs) That's nice. There's a lot of competition there, apparently. (laughs) It is called Making It So. Oh, of course. Another household name just released a memoir titled Be Useful, Seven Tools for Life. Can you guess which celebrity has seven tools for life? Tim Allen? <laughs> uh, that would be great, but it's not Tim Allen. Emma? Is it those, those cute, those brothers? And they build stuff and they highlight their hair. The Property Brothers. Seven tools for life. You would think that would make sense. It is actually Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wait. I mean, I don't think I'd look to that man for. I think I would. He's he's led a pretty incredible life. Come on. Showed up, didn't speak English, became governor of California. Yeah, be useful. Seven tools for life. What do you think are the seven tools for life? (laughs) Gotta be hammers. Like, hammers are up there. I think you're taking tool literally. (laughs) I think it's more like tools in the toolbox, but figuratively. Yeah, but who can really live a life without knowing how to use a hammer? Like, Arnold Schwarzenegger's seven tools for life sword, hammer, (laughs) machine gun. Emma, any idea the Schwarzenegger seven tools for life? 
I just keep thinking about the maid. I'm now just the maid. Is, it, is anybody else just thinking about that maid? Uh, maid? I think it's just, I don't want That's to talk it, about number it. Number one, rule number one, don't get a maid. Don't get a maid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of them are never think small. Shut your mouth. Open your mind. Oh, my. Uh-huh. Shift gears. <laughs> what? Shift gears. Shift. You're a bodybuilder. You will become a movie star. You're a movie star. You become the governor. It's called shifting gears. You have a wife, you get the maid. You got to shift. <laughs> shifting gears. Always shifting. shifting. Gears. Uh, before we move on, of course, Rick has a new memoir, The Road Years, which is out this week. I don't know uh, everything about it, but I'm sure there's some juicy secrets in there. So, Ajanis and Emma, what do you think is the juiciest secret in Rick's book? I really like the part in the middle that reveals that you have been Mark Critch this whole time (laughs) in a wig. And you're just so good at it. Um, So that was a big wow. We really just learned every Canadian icon is Rick Mercer. Mercer. (laughs) In a wig. Surprise, I am also. (laughs) Secretly Rick. Uh, Of course, there was another memoir making all the headlines this week. Have a listen to this clip from the trailer and tell me which author found themselves at the top of the literary pile this week. I'll have a good book one day. A good mysterious book. I never wanted to become one of those prisoner people. Can you name that celebrity author who is back in the news? That wasn't really enough for me to go on. Could you please gimme, gimme more, gimme more? Jonas for the points. Uh, for anyone that didn't get that reference, who is it? Britney Spears! It is indeed Britney Spears. The headline from the Toronto Star reads, Britney Spears' long-awaited memoir is finally here, and it doesn't pull punches. The woman in me sold 1.1 million copies in the first week alone. In it, Spears waxes philosophic on everything from her conservatorship to Justin Timberlake. Spears' memoir comes hot on the heels of another philosophical celebrity memoir by pioneer of new German cinema, Werner Herzog. Oh, yeah. The two may seem miles apart, but how different are they? Let's find out with a game I call Britney Spears or Existential Fears. (laughs) I'm going to give you some quotes to read. You have them in front of you. I want you to read them and then tell me if they came from The Woman in Me or Werner Herzog's new memoir, Every Man for Himself and God Against All. (laughs) We'll start with you, Emma. Read your first quote. In Who I Think Said It? However, yes, you can. I rescued Joaquin Phoenix from his upside down car. I think he was in withdrawal. And presumably shouldn't have been driving. <laughs> Was that from Britney Spears' book or Werner Herzog's book? I think it's Werner. No, I think. Presumably shouldn't have been driving. I think it's Britney. Oh, it was Werner Herzog. No! Really? <laughs> Led astray by Joaquin Phoenix. Jonas Charlie, read your quote. Lying quietly on those rocks, I felt God. <laughs> so, was that Britney or Werner Herzog? That was attempting to be Britney, and I think that Britney felt God on some rocks. I do. You would be correct. That yeah. was Britney Spears. 
All right, over to you, Rick Mercer. Read your quote and tell me, is it toxic or cinematic? An endless string of muscular men streamed in and out of the gym, flexing their muscles in the mirrors under their fluorescent lights. (laughs) Thank you, Gavin. (laughs) Is that Brittany or Hetsy? I'm going to say Brittany. You would be correct. That is Brittany Spears. Gets in a video shoot. All right, finally, I'll read the last quote for you, and you have to tell me whose book do you think it comes from. The last thing I would do would be to cut my hair into a bob and put on a tasteful pantsuit and sit down on a morning show set across from Meredith Effing Vieira. Oh, I love her. Um, It's got to be from Rick's, right? (laughs) It wasn't a bob. On the panel today, we've got Emma Hunter, Adjanis Charlie, and Rick Mercer. Rick's new book is called The Road Years, and it is out this week. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Battle, it is time for Tape of the Week. I want you to have a listen to this TikTok that went viral recently after a college grad really laid her feelings on the line. I don't have time to do anything. I don't, I want to shower, eat my dinner and go to sleep. I don't have time or energy to cook by dinner either. Like, I don't have energy to work out. Like, that's out the window. Like, I'm so upset. Oh my God. (laughs) Do you have... Any idea what had this TikToker so upset? That actually is just a recording of me when I'm booked on Because News. (laughs) (laughs) I won't have enough time to get pizza pizza after this. Rick, do you know what she was upset about? She posted that herself? Yes. (laughs) Wow, eh? I keep that to myself. Yeah. I wouldn't go, I'm going to upload this. Is she in like a... Is she in jail? <laughs> Jonas, I think, do you know the real answer? What was she so upset about? Yeah, she just just talking about her experience with the nine to five. I believe she was like a new, go, getting to work life, I don't know if it was months or weeks or, or that was her first day of working. <laughs> yeah, she's coming to the realization that, oh, work takes up some time. The CNBC headline reads, college grad goes viral for TikTok about nine to five schedule. Yeah. Uh, here's a little more of her telling us what it's like to work until 5 p.m. The nine to five schedule in general is crazy. I literally get off. It's pitch black. Like, I don't have energy. How do you have friends? Like, how do you have time for, like, dating? Like, I don't have time for anything. <laughs> Does like, she let work me in a cobalt her. mine? <laughs> I want to know what the job is. 
I mean, you look scandalized. Like, I'm so angry. I mean, okay, how do I say this? I don't have time for friends and dating. So there's nine to five, and then you have um, nothing to do after five, and presumably nothing to do on Saturday, and nothing to do on Sunday. And I think about my own life. And, like, when I go home from work, what is happening at my house is way, way harder than work. So, like, what's if she wants to go on a date, why doesn't she go at 5.15 or have coffee with her friend at 6 or 8 or 9 or 10 or on Saturday or on Sunday? <laughs> you get what I'm saying here? I don't do anything. I do this, I go home, I go to sleep in my freezing house. That's it. <laughs> The woman is now saying this video is being used by right-wing pundits to trash Gen Z, which I would just like to note for the record, that means CBC is officially now a right-wing pundit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you guess, for a bonus point, what was the caption on this video? Well, if it were me, crying emoji, crying emoji, um, <laughs> office building emoji, bomb emoji, car escaping emoji... And then, like, a bit emoji of me in bed. That's the title. <laughs> it's kind of like a narrative, you know. Uh, the caption was, in a nine-to-five, how do you have time for your life? The rest of the time! No, no, she, I, I, but people clicked on it. I hate to sound like that person crapping on a younger generation, but she's literally saying, what's it like to do something that the vast majority of people in North America have done for their entire lives. Yeah, but I think, I think we're wrong for it, though. I think COVID screwed everybody up. Because we went straight from just, you just sort of eat it in school. You work really, really hard. And then you eat it from your jerk bosses. And you just kind of power through until you get to sort of, I sort of don't have to take it anymore. But I don't know if it's, if it's the kindest way or the most efficient way to help young people sort of move forward in yeah. their life. I don't and know. The thing is, it's not just young people. It's just, it's been measured that nobody's actually productive for eight hours a day straight, nine to five. And uh, experiments in shorter work weeks and shorter work days have been helpful for that satisfaction, that life happiness that she was looking for and that we're all working for to begin with. Like we're working not because we want to appease some loser CEO to have a yacht. We're working so that we can be happy and have families and like live lives. So if work is actively working against that, then I think there's a big problem and we need to reevaluate why we're working in the first place. If that makes sense. What you say makes total sense, but I don't think she will ever be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Now, before we judge this young woman too harshly, we might want to look in the mirror. This week, an article in the Toronto Star found that a majority of Canadians say they'd be happier not working at all. The Star headline compared work to what? Public washroom. (laughs) Just want to get in and get out. Uh, that was not the headline. Uh, do you know what they compared work to in the Toronto Star headline? Colonialism? <laughs> it is a Toronto Star. <laughs> like what? What did they compare work to? The headline reads, work is the blackmail of surviving. Uh, do you feel that life is blackmailing you into work? That's such an interesting way to think about it. Um... I feel like I've gone insane. <laughs> I don't want to be one of those... People who's like, go, go to work, go to work. But even if you didn't work, even if you lived in a different time, you'd have to go out and collect wood and catch a fish and kill a deer. Like, you have to do something. How else are you supposed to get through the day? I just want to say, and I just don't know if I've made this clear, that I have three children. So I try to never be home. 
<laughs> so I am happy to go to work. I like this. When presented with the statement, I'd be happier if I didn't have to work at all, 59% of Canadians agreed. No, you go nuts. Well, I understand. If you have a job you don't like. Yes. Mm. If you really do not want to go to work every single day and yes. you feel terrible being there, that is a terrible, terrible way to live your life. And so I, I understand that. I'm sympathetic with that. But the notion that you would literally do nothing, I could see you wanting a job you enjoyed or a job at least you could deal with. But the idea of doing nothing, I don't know. You know, I'm trying to think what I would do if I had lots of time. We all had like a period of nothing in COVID, right? How was that for us? Like, how was Yeah, not yeah, good. Yeah, but there were CERM checks for people. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's right? true. Right? Maybe that's what, you know, guaranteed I mean, yeah. income. That's a notion, the guaranteed income. I think people would still be productive. They just do yeah. different things. Like shooting the animals and getting the berries and... <laughs> Uh, totally. Hew in the water, the, the wood, whatever you hew. I don't know what you hew. You hew the wood? Hew wood, yeah. You hew oh, the wood. Oh, hew is a verb? <clears throat> yeah, H-E-W. Oh, wow. Did you know That's that? what we are. We're hewers of wood. Oh, Canadians We're... are hewers of wood? Yeah. I've learned about hewing. I've learned about heat pumps. I'm ready to own a cottage. Same! Work, 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 work. me, work, 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 work. News with Gavin Crawford. There was big music news this week after a popular band finally dropped a brand new track for the point. What surprising group shocked the world with an all new song this week? Wiggles. <laughs> Very good. It was not the Wiggles, Ajanis. I believe it's the Beatles. Yeah. You are correct for the point of Jonas, Charlie. It is the Beatles. The headline... Oh, everyone, people are excited about that in the audience. <laughs> the headline reads, AI want to hold your hand. The Beatles releasing new song for the first time in over 50 years. Do you know the name of the new and final Beatles song? Are they doing like a Taylor Swift style re-record? So it's like Yellow Submarine, Ringo's version. <laughs> It, it's cheating if I answer the question because I happen to know the answer. But when I heard the name of the Beatles song, I thought, isn't that interesting? That sounds like 16 CBC radio shows. <laughs> You're right. Oh. So what is it? It is Now and Then. <laughs> now and Then on CBC. It does seem like. Go behind now. the headlines with Now and Then. I bet if you Google CBC Radio and Now and Then, I bet there's been 10 shows called Now and Then over the last 30, 40 years. That's I, my guess. I might have even hosted one of them. Yeah. <laughs> it is indeed Now and Then. In announcing the track, Sir Paul McCartney said it is, quote, a genuine Beatles song because all four Beatles play on the track. How oh. did they manage to do that? I think there was a recording, and it was like a muddled recording of John, and he's playing guitar, and it was just kind of an interesting archival thing. But now with AI, they could successfully take John's vocal away from the guitar. Correct for the point. The song was based on a demo track that John sang into a cassette recorder. Here's the late George Harrison describing what happened next. I was talking to Yoko, and she said, Ah, oh, I think I've got a tape of John. Paul called me up and said he'd like to work on Now and Then. He put the bass on, I put the drums on. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, how they did it. But, you know, if you do a demo or say you write something, Gavin, that you don't like, and then you go outside and you get hit by a bus or something, do you want someone to release yeah. it 20 years later? Like, maybe there was a reason they didn't record it. 
Well, there was a reason, uh, according to Paul McCartney, why they didn't record it at oh. the time. It was so good. <laughs> it this was too good. Too good. Is that, what do you think the reason was why they didn't record it at the time? Well, isn't it with most of these sort of artistic endeavors, they were like, bit bollocks, isn't it? Let's <laughs> <laughs> not do it. You're correct for the point. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> according to Paul McCartney, they didn't do it at the time because George hated it. According to Paul McCartney, George Harrison didn't like the song and the Beatles was a democracy. So they waited for the point. But he's guy only one. <laughs> yes, well, I, I guess, guess John didn't like it either. There must have been two of them that didn't like it. Right. Unfortunately, it's the two that are gone. Right. Is it a John lyric? It is a John lyric. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. They did use some AI on the track, as you said, to lift out the vocals and clean them up a little bit. But according to Paul McCartney, it's still a genuine Beatles song. But is it? Let's see if you can tell the difference. I'm going to play you three tracks now. One of them is the last Beatles song they just released. The other two are Beatle-inspired AI creations. Oh, oh so really? Have a listen to these three clips oh. and tell me, if you can, which is the new Beatles song? It's what killed Dylan Thomas and took you apart The promise of happiness, why you think you won Well, there you go, panel. One, two, or three, which is the real Beatles track? I like three the most, so I'm going to pick that one. Emma? My husband is a huge Beatles fan, and he is in the audience tonight, and he has suggested two. Emma says August two. two. Uh, Rick, can you... Well, the depressing thing is I heard the new Beatles song this morning on the radio, and I don't know the answer. I think one, maybe? But the whole thing is just depressing me yeah. that these Beatles sound alikes like that. I'm going to say one. Emma gets the point. It uh. was number two. Oh. Here's a little more Completely of now on my own. and then. And that's Ringo on the drums, like, recently? I think so, wow. yeah. Oh, wow. The uh, LA Times calls it a fitting conclusion to the Beatles' recording career. <laughs> I'd have to hear it a lot more to know whether it's a great Beatles song. But, yeah, it's a Beatles song. Well, here's a final points question for you in terms of Beatles song, and there is an answer. According to a 2004 British poll, what is the worst Beatles song? Oh, okay, according to a poll. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to go with one of Ringo's it, novelty songs. If it's a pole, I'm going to go with Yellow Submarine. Ajana? Maxwell Silverhammer. I pick something from, like, the B-side during the drug phase. <laughs> <laughs> According to a 2004 British poll and several other music sites, it is actually Obla D, Obla Da, okay. Life oh, Goes On. Uh, I that love is the Obla worst Obla. song. Uh, John Lennon famously hated that song and once called it more of Paul's granny music. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
And with that, we come to the end of another exciting edition of Because News. Our champion this week is Rick Mercer. Congratulations, Rick. You have won the honor of reading our credits. Thank so you so special. much. I am Gavin Crawford, congratulating Broadway musical Wicked on its 20-year run, the inspiring story that taught a generation how far you can go with only three good songs. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Why? Because News! Give it up for Rick Mercer, Jonas Charlie, and Emma Hunter. Hey Canada, this is Rick Mercer, winner of Because News. Congratulations to my runners-up, Ajanis Charlie and Emma Hunter. Because News is written and produced by Elizabeth Bowie, David Carroll, Gavin Crawford, Phil Long, and Jess Klamowski. This week they had help from Alice Moran and John Blair. Rounding up the team, Aaron Conway, Bronwyn Page, Errol Gonsalves, and our recording engineer, Doug Doctor. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.